Hey, everybody, welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. And I'm Olivia Haidar. And we are your hosts this week. This is a free episode. Wow. Enjoy it, everybody. It's it's kind <laughs> of spawned from the last two bonus episodes we did, which right. we did back to back because uh, my schedule dictated that we must put up two bonus episodes in yeah. a row. So well, you know, we you just can't get enough. You can't get enough of one episode of Jesse Ventura's conspiracy theory. Like, no, no, you gotta. Honestly, I, it's all I want to do now is watch episodes of <laughs> conspiracy theory with Jesse Ventura. And yeah, we cup co- we covered last week an episode about Manchurian candidates. Yeah, still a still a title that I have issues with. Yeah, which is. Uh, Incorrectly defined on conspiracy <laughs> theory with Jesse Ventura as programmed assassins. And that is not what right. those movies are about. No. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, just not in the way that they're talking. Anyway, it's a specific thing, I'm just saying. The Manchurian can is specific. And one of the things that comes up in that episode is the assassination of Robert F. Kennedy. Right. Which is a thing we've done an episode about. And we're doing another episode about it today, but not in its entirety. (laughs) We're focusing on one theory as it pertains to the assassination of Robert F. Kennedy and one very particular incident when it comes to the theory about Robert F. Kennedy's assassination, which is Darren Brown's episode of a TV show called The Experiments, right? where he tries to reproduce the acts of Sirhan Sirhan, basically. Yes. And basically. it's a thing it's a thing I've mentioned on this podcast a lot. So it's fitting right. that we're gonna do an episode about it, which it's a thing you can watch on YouTube. We'll link to yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it, it's up there. But uh, we should talk about Darren Brown first. Did you have any familiarity with him before uh, we started doing this episode? Uh, I had only, I had not really seen anything of his like in totality, you know, I, I, but I was aware of him as, as an individual uh, just through a few of his stunts. I had seen a couple uh, things that, uh, were not related to like the YouTube that he had done like in Los Angeles, but uh, but yeah, no, not not particularly. But I did uh, for the episode watch several uh, a few different things just to kind of get more of a clear picture of what kind of entertainer he is. Yeah, I had only seen the Netflix specials before this he's got three netflix specials which we'll talk about in a minute but beyond that i didn't realize how far back his history of doing this kind of stuff goes yeah he's he's huge in in britain when when you when you look him up like i was look uh looking through like reviews and forums about his older stuff and he is he's extremely well known in britain like that he's like one of their biggest magicians yeah he's like david ike huge 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I've seen him described as the David Blaine of England, and I don't yeah. think that's completely accurate. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> David Blaine is more physical stunts. Yes. I can't picture Darren I... Brown... <laughs> Having himself suspended above Times Square in a block right. of ice or whatever the fuck. I I don't I don't think that that comparison, like as far as like the actual stunts themselves or the or the illusions or whatever that they do, are comparable. But I would say like as a career arc and also as the kind of performer that they both seem to be. Uh, that 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 was a comparison that came to my mind while I was watching all this stuff because you know David Blaine started out doing you know a lot of close up magic and a lot of a lot of street magic that was his like that was his big thing it became like almost a joke and then transitioned into these more elaborate uh, things that required a lot more production work and a lot more uh, setups and became a lot more easily noticeable as being kind of phony and we're and darren brown uh you know he hasn't done gotten in the physical direction but you know he he started out doing close-up magic card tricks and stuff and uh has kind of transitioned to doing now these very elaborate production heavy psychological based tricks which basically feel like prank shows at this point like it's just kind of transitioned feel like with some of his stuff it's almost worse than prank shows oh yeah definitely it's definitely way like somehow less ethical than a prank show (laughs) i i also went and watched some of his other stuff once we started researching this and i'm halfway through one called darren brown's apocalypse Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just takes a guy and convinces him that the world is ending. Right. In an effort to make him a better person. And I'm like, you are torturing this man. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. And there, there's also another one called uh, Hero at 30,000 Feet, where right. he convinces a person that he is on a plane when he's really in a like simulated plane environment. And then, you know, makes him, like, land the plane or, or yeah. you know. And so, yeah, like, again, like, these have way more in common with a prank show than a magic trick or a psychological experiment. Uh, as a psychological experiment, they are not particularly useful. Well, Be- it depends on what what one you're watching, though. Because the thing is, he kind of runs the gamut. It's not all psychological experiments. He spends a lot of time debunking things like faith healers and psychics who claim to be able to cold read people. He's got whole specials that are like, no, that's not magic. It's just it's a it's a technique people can use. He seems to go in. uh, He seems to like have the same kind of company as like. Uh, James Randi and Penn and Teller, these guys who are extremely talented uh, magicians to the point where they are basically experts in that in that field of trickery and illusion and then use that knowledge to debunk things that are purporting to be actually supernatural. Yeah, he is very controversial. Yes. 
like uh, there's there's a special that came out on Netflix that we'll talk about more in a second called The Push. Mm-hmm. And when that came out, people wanted him and the participants arrested because yeah. it's like I, I do. Get, I get the prank show vibes, but it's like you remember Scare Tactics? Yeah, th- I, I've been thinking about Scare Tactics as well. It's like Scare Tactics, <laughs> but worse, especially yeah. The Push. Yeah, it's because, like moral scare tactics. Yeah, it's it's like what if you were on scare tactics and then you came away from it questioning everything about who you are as a person. <laughs> right, exactly. And and again, like this is uh, you know, this is something that we'll definitely be talking about more. Yeah. But like the the he he frames this all around uh with it with a psychological kind of bent where he's framing it as like a, a social experiment or whatever when and and it does push people to the limits of you know social acceptability and whatnot but i the tactics are like like we're saying basically uh scare tactics on sci-fi channel like you expect tracy morgan to jump out at any moment or something yeah there's just a lot of hypnotism mixed in which yes uh, yeah some uh especially in the apocalypse thing right because at one point he has that guy basically in the opening scene of the walking dead right like he puts him under gets him in a hospital bed handcuffs him to it and then is like wake up and the guy's just in this empty hospital room with a fake news report about the apocalypse playing and it's like this is fun, but anyone in that situation would feel like the apocalypse. Like, here's what's yeah. terrifying about that episode, and we should cover that, too, because it's sure. a two-hour thing. It's not what Darren Brown is able to do in that episode. It's what the British government is able to do. Yeah. One of the things they do to this guy is hack his phone in a way that lets them put fake news stories on legitimate websites. So he pulls up the BBC.com and sees a story about how a meteor shower is about to destroy Earth. Yeah. And it's like, why would you not believe it? They do like (laughs) fake radio broadcasts of shows he listens to. And it's like, of course he's going to think the apocalypse is about to happen. You're crafting an apocalypse around him. Right. Exactly. Well, and this to me is it gets to kind of the heart of what his work kind of post in the last 10 to 15 no, 10 to like 13 years has been is basically like these extremely elaborate setups to elicit a specific response from either one person or a small group of people yeah because like like you said like if like yeah if you are put into a scenario that is that uh, comprehensive, then you don't really have any choice to the other than to believe that that's what's going on. Yeah. And I mean, he's he's been doing this since 2000, at least on television. Yeah. He's been performing right. since 92. Right. But he's been doing this on TV since 2000. So he's got to be like, eventually he's going to have that David Copperfield make the Statue of Liberty disappear thing. Right, right. People are like, what? That said, (laughs) some of what he does reminds me of a David Copperfield special I watched where he put up four cards on the screen and like talks you through this 
progression. And at the end, he's like, here's the card your finger is on. Right. And it fucking worked on yeah. TV. So, like, there's obviously tricks and techniques you can use yeah. to in your words to get people to do what you want. It's just that what Darren Brown does isn't always that. Right. Well, uh, but also, and it should be stated... He also does he does live stage shows in addition to his his televised and and filmed work and those are from what I've heard again I haven't been to been to see him but they are very different in structure and are more closely related to a traditional illusion show right or or a mentalist show they don't have the same sort of elaborate production value but uh, most of his TV work has been focusing on that and yeah you know it's uh it's just interesting I. Some of it is, some of it's more engaging than others. I'm not like particular, you know, I, like I said, I like magic and that sort of thing, but I'm not a particular fan of mentalism in general, uh, just because there's, I don't know, it seems much sloppier than state, like, like sleight of hand magic yeah, and that sort of yeah. thing. But, but, uh, but I actually did watch a card trick that he did and yeah, it was a similar sort of vibe where it's like having someone, you know, uh, stop counting a card and then he has written the card ahead of time and and that sort of thing uh and he, you know it's, it's he good. is in he is kind of like david blaine in that way where yeah a lot of david blaine's really big stunts i'm like i'm sorry even if you're in a block of ice i'm not gonna watch yeah. you for 16 hours right like, this and is like mostly boring <laughs> but when you get david blaine doing card tricks yeah, he's great. He's in his fucking zone. Ha, that, have ha, you ever seen the Harrison Ford? I was literally <laughs> just about to mention the Harrison Ford orange video, which is amazing. It is so great. Harrison yeah. Ford at the end is like, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> it's a great Harrison Ford. Like, it's one of his better performances in the last 20 years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's super great. And, and But like going along with like uh, what you were saying about his you know david blaine like you, you know with video editing there you know i don't want to sit and watch you be in a nice for hours you know he had a thing where uh darren brown had a thing where he uh flipped a coin and got heads 10 times in a row and mm, yeah but but the thing but yeah he filmed for like hours until he got <laughs> 10 heads in a row like that's just and there was another big one where he guessed lottery winning lottery numbers right and then that was later revealed to be uh a split camera technique where he just knew what the numbers are going to be beforehand and these sorts of things so like i don't like he's again i i don't want to take anything away from his talents as a magician or entertainer like everyone all magicians use these sorts of tricks yeah uh, he's but it's the psychological framing that I think is um, that muddies up that a little bit. Yeah. And he's very prolific. And yes. anyone who's super prolific, like Stephen King is a good example. Not that I'm yeah. comparing Darren Brown and Stephen King, but <laughs> Stephen King is a home run hitter and home run hitters strike out a lot. Yep. So a lot of the things Stephen King has put out are not that great. Yeah. But when he's great, he's really great. Yes. And, and even when he's bad, he's readable. And just like when even Darren yeah. Brown is not doing great, he's still watchable. Yeah. And he's put out a ton of specials since 2000. Some of the more notable ones, Darren Brown plays Russian Roulette Live. Guess what that one's about, Olivia? Uh, I, I'm going to guess 
that maybe on on like some sort of live TV he plays Russian roulette. I watched this last night, and it yeah, is, I was wondering. It well, there's a video on his page where it's just the ten minutes where he plays Russian roulette instead right. of the entire setup of finding the guy who's going to do right. it and all this. And it is actually very interesting and pretty. And like, if you've seen Deer Hunter, you know how intense watching a person play Russian roulette is. And he does play Russian roulette. And the thing is, this has been debunked. Sure. One, by a guy who just said, well, I think this could be fake. And it's like, well, citation needed. I need more information about why. (laughs) Like, I understand it could be faked. Right. Like, most of television is fake, but tell me why. Right. And the other thing that came out about this one is that the bullets in the gun were blanks. Right. And so people are like, oh, well, he wasn't going to die anyway. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. You shoot yourself at close range with a bullet filled with blanks, you're going to die. Yeah, just ask Brandon Lee how uh, safe blanks are. Yeah, or uh, I remember this story so vividly. It happened when I was like eight years old. Yeah. Happened in 1984. This actor named John Eric Hexum. He was just some like barely known actor at the time working on some show in L.A. And there was a break in the shooting. (laughs) Poor choice of words. There was a break in the (laughs) filming. And the scene they were just filming was one where he has to load bullets into a forty-four Magnum. Oh. So they gave him a functioning gun and right. blank rounds to put in it. And then there's this break in filming, and he starts getting all restless and starts playing around with this fake gun on the set. Bad idea. <laughs> and eventually opens the chamber, spins it, shuts it, puts it to his head, thinking he's doing some jokey jokes. Uh-huh. Pulls the trigger, it goes off, and he fucking died. Yeah. Because it it still causes blunt force trauma Absolutely. to the head. Yeah. So had Darren Brown shot himself in the head with a blank, right. you still would have seen a man die. It might have just taken a few days. Absolutely. And, and you know, I just, for, for one thing, I want to say, don't play around with a gun ever. Like, just Please, don't do no. that. Like, if you have a gun, be, you always have to use a gun hold a gun as if whatever it's pointing at will die that's just basic gun safety yeah in that way this special is also very <laughs> irresponsible sure but like for the you for the sake of magic but but I, you know i want to say and because i'm gonna be kind of skeptical and about a lot of stuff that we talk about on this program probably but i want to say i don't think the i the question of whether or not a specific trick or illusion was quote unquote faked is a particularly interesting question because that's the entire point of a magic trick is that it's fake like obviously he was he had a way of playing russian roulette that we don't know of that you know worked out and that's fine that's how you know magic where you know like uh i'm a big fan of uh pin and teller the the magicians not the libertarians uh <laughs> but uh i i went and saw them live in vegas once it was one of the greatest shows i've ever I seen bet, yeah. in, in my life it was fucking fantastic 
and they did their famous uh, magic bullet trick, which I don't know if you've ever seen. Is that the one where they catch it they, in the teeth? Yeah, right, where they catch the bullet in the teeth with a pane of glass between them and yeah. uh, a line on the ground that no one no one crosses. It's it's one of the most amazing magic tricks out there. It's it's spectacular. You can watch it on YouTube. Highly recommend it. Uh, and I have no idea. I have no idea how that's done. Uh, but I know that it was done some way. Like, I know yeah. that it wasn't, like, real, you know, in the in the sense that, you know, they actually shot each other in the mouth and caught the bullets. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Well, it, so I just... it reminds me of a thing. I did a live show with Cracked once at uh, the L.A. The, the comic convention uh, Stanley puts on in L.A. We did, well, like, a live panel thing and we were talking about real people who had actual superpowers right and the guy i brought up this isn't really a superpower but he could i if you held up a classic record like a classical music record mm -hmm. he could tell you what it was just by looking at the grooves of the record yeah. He could tell you what it was, where it was recorded, when it was recorded, like everything about it, like flawlessly. Yeah. And I think it's James Randi is the guy who like offered yes. people a million dollars. Yes. Love that guy. To, to prove that they could actually do what they they did. Yeah. This guy was able to do it. He went on James Randi's show or whatever. And the thing is, he eventually was like, well, this isn't magic. Like, right. I could teach anyone how to do this. Right. And when he said that, people were just like, I'm out. Like, yeah. I thought this was going to be something magical, but you can uh. tell, like, you can tell me how to do it. And like, how, that is such an incorrect way to think <laughs> about that. That's Seriously. like if someone walks in the room and starts flying yeah. and you're like, are you magic? And they're like, no, I could show you how to do this in like five minutes. Right. And you're like, fuck you. Stop <laughs> flying, you fraud. Right. Like, exactly. No. Yeah. So that, which is honestly, and you know, that is like the thesis of the entirety of Penn and Teller's live show. That's like the, the whole idea is like, you know, we can tell you literally step by step what we're going to do and you're still going to be flummoxed because it's fucking amazing. And you're still so. not going to be able to do it. Right. Like you can't exactly. they, even if they tell you. And yeah. that actually comes up in this this show a bunch where they're like, I can't actually show you how to do this. Right. And it does. And and again, we'll talk about some of the, the questions that I have at mostly yeah. as it regards to the Sirhan Sirhan thing. But right. Yeah. And the. The thing about the Russian roulette thing, I haven't watched the whole special, but it is suggested that he's just using a technique that was developed in the 70s called neuro-linguistic programming. Right. And again, he doesn't claim to have magic powers. One thing I noticed during the Russian roulette thing, he tells the guy to pick a number and focus on that number. And right after he says it he goes are you thinking of one now right and it ends up that the real bullet was in the chamber labeled one right so he could have just been using a technique like that where you just repeatedly suggest the thing you want sure. the person to do but that does start to that kind of begins the uh i don't want to say 
criticism, but like side eye that I kind of have towards Darren Brown as his career continues because he he uses words like you know he he throws around psychological terms and he and he uses things like neuro you know neurolinguistic programming which is something that has been basically conclusively shown to be not a, a thing it's a pseudoscience which is fine like but yeah but it's when he starts to use real psychological things as misdirection is where it kind of becomes, uh, yeah, not problematic. That word is so annoying anymore. Yeah. But like sometimes there's only one word to use to describe something that is has something resembling a problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that that's where he differs from David Blaine. David Blaine right. only involves other people in the fun shit. Right. Like he'll levitate in front of you. Yes. But he's, he's not going to make <laughs> you think the apocalypse is about to happen. No, right. Exactly. That's probably some shit Chris Angel would pull if he was able. I mean, yeah, well, that would take a real mind freak to do something like that. So I did the one charming chris angel moment i've ever seen i was watching an episode of his show and he's sitting in the back of a van and he's holding a, a styrofoam cup and he goes you want to see a trick right now and he holds his hand up and it looks like the styrofoam cup is floating and then he just turns it over and he had just poked a hole in the back yeah, of his thumb absolutely like oh that was cute oh yeah it's very but cute. also you I fucking suck yeah, he he's not very good. I will say it is a bummer that Chris Angel took the name Mind Freak because that would be a great name for Darren Brown's specials. It sure would, yeah. <laughs> uh, another Darren Brown special, The Push. This one was controversial as shit. I, yeah. You should watch this one. It's on Netflix. Yeah, this is one that I, I haven't watched, but I did read, you know, basically everything there is to read about it. He takes people and puts them through a very specific series of events right. that are meant to uh, kind of heighten their, I don't know, he makes, he makes people commit murder. Like he makes, <laughs> he gets, I think it's four different people to literally push a man off the ledge of a building right. who is thankfully connected to a harness. Right. But, and there's, there's one guy who doesn't do it, right. which they reveal at the end because at first it's like, everyone did it like it kind of wrecks your faith in humanity yeah but then there's one guy who was like fucking call the police i don't care yeah, yeah. i kicked a guy in the stairwell i'm not gonna murder somebody he does have <laughs> them kick someone in the stairwell right. thinking they're kicking an actual person but yeah, every, and everyone else does it yeah and this is where again the the prank show aspect comes in because this is traumatic uh, it's it's definitely traumatic, and I'm not saying that these people aren't going through some shit, but they are being through a great deal of behind-the-scenes production value and the use of actors and sets and all this stuff. They are putting people into a position where they feel like this is all really happening and pushing pushing them to uh, do what the magician, in this case, Darren Brown, wants or expects them to do. Yeah, it's like a more aggressive version of the Truman Show. Sure. Where, yeah. like, especially this one and the Apocalypse right. one, where your whole entire existence is being shaped by this television production. Right. And it's like, what do you think people are going to do? Right, exactly. Like, Again, Scare Tactics, I was thinking about Scare Tactics a lot, especially yeah. while watching. The only one of the Netflix ones I watched was The Sacrifice, and that is just straight up 
scare tactics. The apocalypse one, there's literally a scene where the guy is in a bus thinking he's going to see the killers in uh-huh. an undisclosed location, like the band, The Killers. Right, right. And <laughs> Needs to be clarified in this context. Meteors start falling from the sky and Jesus. exploding. That is so scare <laughs> tactics. That show... It is. It's the, I think they tried to bring it back and it sucked, but man, at the time, I did enjoy it. It's like the only sketch show that I really enjoyed. Uh, not sketch, prank show that I really enjoyed. An, I, I generally hate prank shows. There's an episode of Scare Tactics where they... Put a guy in a car and have him pretend to start stabbing this the driver in the chest. Yeah. But they do it with like this aggressive bro, like yeah. this college dude. And of course, the minute the guy starts stabbing, this kid in the back seat just starts punching him in the <laughs> face so fucking hard and his girlfriend who's in on the prank starts going stop stop <laughs> like imagine how confused yeah he must have been like he did the absolute correct thing sure. and everyone's like you aggressive dick why would <laughs> yeah, the, you punch that guy the one that i remember the most and i'm sure this will be the last time we talk about scare tactics but <laughs> the, the the one that i remember most was the people who were in on it were like basically all this guy's friends and they all went camping in an RV and then they, st- you know, the scare tactics people staged like a UFO encounter, including like a guy in, you know, a suit and like lights and like crazy shit. And I'm like, I would believe that if of all course. of my friends were there, like I would not be- think that my friends would betray my trust in such a way. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot yeah. to put people through in the push. I hate, I hate sketch shows. I just want sketch. I keep saying sketch. I hate prank shows. I just want to be clear. I really don't like I think they're a bad idea. Yeah. Impractical Jokers is great, but they're just pranking <laughs> each other, not well, that's everyone different. else. That's a different yeah. thing. The push. These people are subjected to like three hours of emotional terror, and then yeah. they do something unthinkable, which sounds crazy, but... The police get confessions that way all the time. Absolutely. Like they will lock you in a room and emotionally wreck you to the point where you confess to a crime. And Darren Brown has a special about that, too, where he basically guilts someone into believing they had something to do with the death of a celebrity. Yeah, I watched that one. And that one, I will say, seemed very staged. I'm just going to say. Oh, yeah. 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 That one was, you know, it's like a they, they put this guy in a big manor house. And at night while he's asleep, it's implied that Darren Brown gives him a subliminal message to keep him asleep. And then they carry him like they pick him up out of bed and carry him down into the garden. Uh, like, oh, and I'm in the sorry. garden. Did he shoot yeah, Kurt Cobain? The, yeah, exactly. No, yes, that's <laughs> that's what it was. That was the whole setup. But yeah, I, and I'm just like, I'm sorry. That's a little. That's a little much. I just. That's that. I. I'm sorry. But Hypnotism is not real, and that's what's, not. What's interesting about that, though, is that's the most plausible experiment. Is oh, can you? convince someone that they were involved in a crime they weren't involved in sure yeah that's why illinois overturned the death penalty yeah because one cop finally admitted he had just coerced confessions out of hundreds 
and hundreds of people. Yeah, and absolutely. some of them ended up on death row. And Illinois was like, fuck, we're going to uh, we're going to execute a lot of innocent people yeah. if we don't look into this. Absolutely. No, so I like, totally. Yeah, that's uh, a real thing. Like, I'm not. Yeah, I, I don't want to say that coerced uh, confessions <laughs> are fake. I'm just saying that particular uh, coerced uh, confession yeah. seemed fake. And that's the one thing like any he pulls these participants from like he'll send out a tweet and yeah. be like, hey, do you want to participate in my next thing? And then he like doesn't really tell people. He just like does a bunch of fucking tricks for them, right? And decides who he's gonna pick. But if you're even responding to that, yeah, you know, anytime Darren Brown is in your presence, <laughs> you might be being filmed. Yeah, or you know, or and, if you're in a situation that seems maybe unusual in yeah, some way. Ev every. Thing you do you have to be cognizant all right this might be part of it <laughs> and so then like if you're in bed and you're like why am i being picked up oh there's Darren. right exactly like, all right i'm just gonna roll with this right and th and this is this is kind of this comes to the crux and we're we're, uh, we're gonna talk about sirhan later but that's kind of the crux of my of my thing about the assassin is that uh which is the episode that we're going to be going in depth about is that it just seems like it's a lot of people who want to be there which is yeah. fine i mean that seems fun and then the miracle is another netflix special right. this well, one is about the sacrifice oh yeah the sacrifice that that one is pretty interesting it was interesting i would love to know more especially i would like to know more about the participant who i can't remember the name phil, of. phil. Uh, i would like to know more about him uh, in his life, there's but that it was interesting. There's a crazy scene where he makes Phil just sit down, and is the person he makes him just sit and stare at Muslim? Uh, I I think so. Uh, I it was not clear to me because it's about Phil basically being uh, coerced into taking a bullet for an illegal immigrant, and right. Phil is very pro-Trump and very anti-illegal yeah. immigrant. It's stated that he's xenophobic, and I, I have a much, I will say, I have a much easier time uh, thinking, like, accepting that the American people that have been chosen for his uh, experiments do not know who he is than the British right. people, because he is right. so much less famous here than he is there. And the difference in the sacrifice is it isn't ending with someone doing something bad. Right. It's ending with someone doing the right thing. Yeah. Which I'm assuming is a little easier to coerce out of people. I, I would imagine. I mean, you would hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I guess yeah. that's the hope. But, and, but the yeah. scene where he sits him down and just makes him stare at that guy. Yeah. And Phil just starts sobbing and like trembling. That's a heavy scene. Yeah. And, like, it feels hard to like Phil is one of our generation's finest actors. Right. If he was faking that. It was yeah. very impressive. There's some interesting stuff. And I did think it like I do think it was kind of fucked up that they uh, cut into his neck 
and pierced like and drew blood and shit and, oh, and come during on. their during their fake implanting of the chip that is supposedly causing all of this behavior i thought maybe like i'm sure there's some sort of contract sign but it still seemed maybe a little unethical oh so project an- runway can cut people's necks but not darren brown you know, I'm going to go ahead and say that maybe Project Runway was kind of uh, unsuccessful, you know, unethical as well. I don't I don't know that they did that. but Yeah, no, but I mean, hey, I, I'm gonna, still going to say that Project Runway. I, Probably. First, I'm not going to lie. I don't watch reality TV. And at first I thought that maybe you were referring to some sort of secret military program that I hadn't heard of. <laughs> and then as I was speaking, I put it together that you were talking about the model show. Uh, but I do say I was yeah. So I think it's that would be up. a great name for a military project. Now, right? It would be impossible to Google information about it. And I also thought the you know so I thought that was fucked up. And I also thought the part where he uh, they numbed his arm, you know, quote unquote, they used hypnosis to like make his yeah. arm numb, was very funny because they use a classic technique of. Uh, you know, where they're like, we're going to if you think if we put a needle through your hand, you wouldn't feel anything. And the you know, Phil's like, yeah, no, I, don't, I mean, it's totally dead. And so Darren picks up a flap of his skin and pinches it super hard at bef- like for a while yeah. before putting the needle in, which is a classic. That's a classic where because by pinching the skin like that, you are ba- effectively killing all of the nerves that would feel that sort of pain in the hand and then you know he, he lets it down and he looks at the needle he's like oh wow that's crazy because you can't really feel a needle after it's already like in there yeah so anyway but but yeah that's like but all you still gotta setup. know that oh sure yeah it, it all sells the and again but like this is the whole thing it's like it's very weird because like he's he's kind of stopped being a magician at this point right because the right. only person that he is playing a magic trick on is this guy that he is convinced that he has put a mind control chip inside of and that is interesting in one way but it is very different than what you might see if you went to a mentalist show you know it's very different i love that he put a chip in the guy yeah he didn't really do it but right it's a good excuse. I like that they show him the chip. It's a nice little prop. And then, yeah, and then the thing at the end, like, you know, again, very scare tactics. It. I'm not going to say I would have known that it was staged, but I'm going to say I wouldn't necessarily have thought everything was super normal that was happening. It was kind of a weird situation where he's in this very biker strange. bar and he's getting, like, inducted into this <laughs> motorcycle gang. And then they chase out some, uh, you know, uh, Latino guys and then they chase him down in a truck. And then there's a very tense breaking <laughs> pad standoff in the desert. And, you know, it's a lot. It's that a one, lot. That one would not work in England. Yeah. They'd be like, right. okay, okay, I'm getting uh, yeah. inducted into All right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. I'm I'm totally down. It and then was, there's yeah. one on Netflix called Miracle, which is right. about debunking faith healers and religious frauds. And I bet sure. the science loving libs don't complain about that one. <laughs> no, I don't. I think it's all perfectly great and above board. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's good. Well, no, it, it like that's one where he does like he, he a lot of times he's like, look, these people are just fucking using plants in the audience most right. of the time. Yeah. 
That's what, like, Jim Jones did that. Jim Jones pretended to be a faith healer. Sure. And that said, even then, you still got to be persuasive enough for everyone else in the audience to be like, oh, sure. shit, that yeah. seems real. And yeah, and that's why, you know, I'm not I'm not going to ever say that he is an untalented performer or yeah. illusionist. He's obviously, ga- you know, talented enough to gain this following that he has, even if, I, like, I'm not necessarily a particular fan of his work. I think that it's definitely well done it's hit or miss for sure like and if you pull up his youtube page there are some crazy fucking videos on there now yeah like one is just called pushing your hand down on a knife it's like jesus (laughs) really scraping the bottom of the barrel now (laughs) yeah We're not talking about any of those specials today, no, even though we've no. been talking for about them for about 40 minutes. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about an episode of a series from 2011 called The Experiments, and the episode is called The Assassin. And it covers a theory from the RFK assassination, right. which is the girl in the polka dot dress theory. Olivia, did you watch the A&E documentary about the assassination of Bobby Kennedy? I did, yes. What did you think? I thought it was interesting, you know? It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating topic, and they had a lot of really interesting archive audio and that sort of thing that yeah. I really enjoyed. The interrogation of... Um, uh, I'm going to blank on her name. Sandy now. Serrano. Sandy Serrano. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting, just as a evidence, just like as police corruption evidence, I found very fascinating because that is, it's horrific what, what that uh, tape reveals. Yeah, he's basically Sandy Serrano is one of the reasons the girl in the polka dot dress theory exists and the idea is that sirhan sirhan was under hypnosis of some sort it's been floating around pretty much from the minute he was apprehended uh and there's a quote from an lapd officer which i'm kind of i'm repeating stuff from our actual rfk episode yeah but just this bit that episode is there's it's a whole thing (laughs) but this is a quote from lapd officer randolph adair the guy was real confused it was like it didn't exactly hit him what he had done he had a black glossed over look on his face like he wasn't in complete control of his mind at the time and hypnosis like they it seemed like everyone was using it on sirhan sirhan because he was hypnotized (laughs) during interrogation he alleges he was hypnotized by the people who set him up to commit this murder. Right. But the gist is he's he says he doesn't remember doing this. Right. Which is pretty integral to the Darren Brown episode. It is. That we're going to talk about. He did say uh, one time while he was under hypnosis that he remembered meeting a girl in a polka dot dress. This is a quote. I'm trying to figure out how to hit on her. That's all that I can think about. I was fascinated with her looks. She never said much. It was very erotic. I was consumed by her. She was a seductress with an unspoken availability. And uh, 
There is one picture of a girl in a polka dot dress. Right. From that night. You only see her from the back. Uh, she does look like a seductress. Sure. I mean, as far as you can tell that from a woman's back and her hair. <laughs> <laughs> She's got great hair, too. You're right. She does. Oh, it's a great. It's great hair. It is yeah, great hair. It's amazing. So Sandy Serrano, she was a Kennedy campaign volunteer. She told an NBC News reporter named Sander Vanneker. Great name. Wow. On live TV about seeing a young woman in a polka dot dress and a male companion who passed her on a fire escape. The woman in the polka dot dress said, we shot him. We shot him. And when Serrano asked who they shot, the woman said Senator Kennedy and ran off. Another witness in the pantry, Vincent DiPirio, told the LAPD about a woman in a white dress with dark polka dots who seemed to be holding Sirhan just before the shooting. According to Sirhan Sirhan, this woman pinched him on the shoulder, spun him around to uh, show him people coming in through the pantry. And this is a quote. Then I was on the target range, a flashback to the shooting range. I didn't know that I had a gun. Mm -hmm. Pretty weird. Yeah, I, I will say. Uh, that if uh, someone overheard me uh, exclaiming, we shot him, we shot him, and, and they asked what, who, what I meant, I would probably not respond with the name of the person that I shot. Just That's just me. That's just me. So you think Sandy Serrano was lying? No, I don't think Sandy Serrano was necessarily lying. I just think that that is an odd thing to do if you've just killed someone. Yeah, it's... Definitely an odd thing to do, but the person who says it happened is very convincing. Because as you mentioned, there is audio of the police trying to get Sandy Serrano to change her story. Yeah. So either Sandy Serrano and fucking Sirhan Sirhan were working together, or she is just a fantastic liar who's lying for no reason. Right. Like, no, I, I don't want to say I'm not going to accuse Sandy Serrano of lying. I'm not saying that at all. I just think that's a I just think that's a weird thing to say. That's it. That's all I mean. It, <laughs> yeah, it it definitely is. I, I would I'm just saying if I were in that situation and I had just orchestrated the murder of a famous senator, I would probably not talk to anyone about it. I would keep that to myself. Here is one possibility, though. It's uh, a heat of the moment thing. Right. This woman's running toward her shouting. It's possible she might have heard we shot him, but Mm -hmm. she was actually saying they shot him or he shot him. Yeah. Like, especially if she was saying he shot him. Right, right, right. He shot him or or we shot him and maybe she just, you know, assumed Senator Kennedy. I don't know. Again, I I don't want to. I definitely don't want to accuse Sandy Serrano of lying. Yes, you do. Because uh, the police have already tried their best and it's obvious that that won't work. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, and the the stuff that the physical evidence that they bring up in that documentary is the most compelling to me because Sirhan Sirhan never got close enough to fire the shots that killed Bobby Kennedy. Right, and this is the thing that this is the very interesting thing about the mind control, the whole Robert. I mean, obviously you've you've done an episode about Bobby Kennedy. We don't need to rehash the whole thing, but like there are a couple conflicting. 
I would say, conspiracy theories about what happened to Robert Kennedy. And I'm not saying any of them are necessarily true or false, but like it doesn't make a lot of sense for there to for Sirhan Sirhan to have been mind controlled into shooting Kennedy and then someone else did it because the angle of the bullet comes from I don't know. There's just a lot of conflicting evidence. Like everyone oh, yeah. saw everyone saw him point a gun at Kennedy, but also all the evidence points to the gunshot coming from behind. So I don't know. It's and a, a lot of evidence was destroyed. Like absolutely. all of there is a photographer who was in the room who they interview in the A and E documentary who was behind Kennedy when the yeah. shooting happened. And he took a bunch of pictures, turned them over to the LAPD, yeah. and the LAPD was like, We destroyed him, Bub. Sorry. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and but yeah, my basic idea point would be that if there was a group who wanted to murder RFK, and Lord knows that there were groups that wanted to murder RFK. Oh a lot. Like if they were going to shoot him from behind and, you know, they were ready to do that, then they wouldn't need to program Sirhan Sirhan to do anything because he unless, you know, they're programming him to look like a patsy, which is like a different thing, but it's also possible that Sirhan Sirhan and the guy who shot Bobby Kennedy did not know about each other. Right. Which, sure. in that case, they might have been banking on Sirhan Sirhan to shoot the guy who shot Bobby Kennedy. That's because good, yeah. they would have been, basically, their heads would have been side by side right. if you look into how that guy was walking Kennedy through there. So, they might have just fucked up. Yeah. Or, again, like, this is another, uh, this, this has come up when we talk about JFK, but uh, I like the theory that a bodyguard yeah. killed JFK on accident. Maybe it was the same thing that happened with RFK. It's just a crazy coincidence. And then they decided, like, you know, like, Sirhan Sirhan came up with a gun, pointed at Kennedy. Bodyguard gets his gun out. Somebody yeah. moves. Something happens. And, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the, the most compelling uh, bits of conflicting evidence is the LAPD claimed there were, like, uh, eight shots. Right. And the FBI said there were 11 bullets i believe in the room and yeah. sirhan sirhan's gun only held eight bullets right and the lapd tried to get the fbi to retract that and yeah. the fbi was like we know what a fucking bullet <laughs> in a wall looks like and and you know i i i don't want to say anything slanderous about the lapd uh please don't i mean I, but i you know it wouldn't be beyond the realm of possibility to me that maybe they fucked up Wow. And uh, killed RFK. Wow, you went there. I did. I'm sorry. Jeez. I know. We I, I don't just... want to get this podcast taken off the air. We should just move on. All this uh -oh, blasphemy. I'm hearing those voices in my ears again. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no, Makes <I'm> sense. <laughs> so let's talk about this episode. Yes. It is basically Darren Brown trying to recreate what Sirhan Sirhan says happened to him. Right. And it starts with Darren Brown doing a bunch of hypnotism tricks in front of a live audience right off the bat. I'd like to reassure anyone who watches this. Yes. The 1952 hypnotism act. Yes. Is indeed a real thing. I, I, I looked that up as well. I read the act. <laughs> yeah, I'll link to it. I read it. Br British law is extremely weird and hard to read, especially from the 50s. But I did read it. 
they go hard laying yeah. out the rules for what a hypnotist can and cannot yeah, you, do. You can tell that in the 50s, some people in, in Parliament were like super freaked out by Sven Gulli or something. Like, Yeah. I mean, this is MK Ultra's in full swing by this point. Yeah, that's they're like, true. You well, hear yeah. what the Americans are doing? Jesus Christ. It's some sort or maybe like some sort of Cold War thing. Yeah. Like, well, what if the what if the Russians put like hypnotists on TV or yeah, I don't know. It's very funny. That probably is it. I think they're like, if this works, we don't want it to fucking work on everybody. Almost every dumb law that was made between the end of World War II and the <laughs> 90s in Britain or America or wherever could be traced to Red Scare, basically. Yeah, it's, it's all communism. <laughs> so the, the point of this part is he's trying to find the person who's most compliant enough to be right. programmed to kill someone. And I like that he's right. up front. I mean, at least kind of up front. He doesn't show you. Right. Obviously, but that would make for boring television. But he's it up would. front about the fact that not everyone falls for this shit. Right. But that is kind of, to me, that's part of his his trick. That's, you know, uh, at this point, it feels more like Darren Brown is play. He, he's playing tricks on the audience at home more than he's playing any tricks on anybody that he's actually interacting with. Like he's, you know, he is very consciously like explaining the supposed psychological principles that he is using to conduct uh, these, you know, experiments that he, as he calls them or whatever. But like it, he basically he, he says that he like performs illusions that look like tricks because he's using psychology. But really, it's more like he's performing illusions that look like psychology by using like tricks, like magician tricks. I, I, I agree with that in regards to one of the experiments he does in this part, which is the acid experiment yeah that's the one where it's the most obvious definitely yeah no one i feel like no one's gonna go on a darren brown tv show right and expect that he's really gonna give you acid to throw in someone's face i mean i'll go one step further i don't think anyone's going to go on any tv show as an audience member and think that if they're put in that situation, they are going to on camera, they are going to be given real acid to throw in someone's yeah. face. And if you do, you are filming a show in North Korea, probably <laughs> because that is somewhere. how Kim Jong-un killed his brother. Right. Yeah, it was. And that was how he did it was by getting a bunch of people onto a game show. And throwing... he did. Well, he did. He have you, have you seen the documentary assassins? I have not. No. It is about how two girls were tricked into killing Kim Jong-un's brother. <laughs> and the way North Korea did it is they convinced these girls they were on a prank show. Yeah. And for months before this, they had them pulling these pranks where they would run up and rub lotion on someone's face. Oh, I have heard of this. In the yes. airport. Yeah. And then they would run away. And the last time they did that prank, it was VX nerve agent Jesus. on their hands. And they <laughs> killed Kim Jong-un's brother. And then everyone they were working with disappeared. Wow. And it's an interesting documentary. North yeah. Korea fucked up in a really big <laughs> way in that they basically set up two girls who 
relentlessly documented everything they did online. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, here's pictures of the people who set us up. And right. so it didn't completely work, but it did work in that they uh, <coughs> killed Kim Jong-un's brother on a prank show. Right. But other than that, yeah, no TV yeah, show is uh, going to uh, let you throw acid in someone's ex face. Exactly. They went to a uh, freaking Channel 4 studio. I doubt they're <laughs> expecting that they're going to kill someone. I did find the ice experiments interesting because that, sure. to me, speaks to a phenomenon we know happens, which is people undergoing surgery without anesthesia, just right. through hypnotism. I'll link to an article from the Washington Post from 1990, and there's a doctor quoted in there who is like, this will not work for everybody. You have to right. be very strong mentally. If you have Alzheimer's, if you're an addict... If yeah. you're depressed, if you're just naturally skeptical, this will not work. Right. So they really intensely screen their patients who want to try this for some reason. Yeah. Like, I guess you're just scared of, I mean, general anesthesia can, it kills people all the time. I'm sure. Yeah. So that's kind of what Darren Brown's doing here. Yeah. And this is, I would say, the thing in the program that is the closest to what you would call like real quote-unquote hypnosis like yeah you know i i have doubts that the uh water is quite as cold as maybe they say it is it's obviously very cold they have a thermal imager i've read i in doing my research i did read reports from people who are in both of the audiences that were uh on this episode and uh you know, as far as you can trust anything that anyone says on the Internet, it does seem like the thermal in imaging camera that they use to, like, show how cold people are are real. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, again, like, if I you, mean, it's, if you, it's how you find ghosts, Olivia. Of course. Right. It's real. Well, of course. Exactly. And that's obviously true as well. But, yeah, you know, like there are ways to mentally numb yourself or, you know, like make your pain threshold higher than it might otherwise be. We talked about it. Um, the sacrifice, you know, where the guy thinks his arm is numb. Yeah. Or uh, David Blaine. Like he, yeah, he was Blaine. inside a block of ice for a few days. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, I thought this was interesting. Again, like very basic, like mentalist type stuff. Hey folks, this is Anna Valenzuela and Dave Yates from the 12 Questions podcast. We host a show about all types of people recovering from life's curveballs. We ask unique and fun guests 12 questions to give listeners hope and inspiration. Whether you've got addiction problems, anger problems, or just plain old getting through the days that feel the same, we believe recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. So, if you're looking for a pick-me-up at the beginning of the week, tune into our show. New episodes released every Monday, available wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're out there and you're feeling lost, we've been there. And we just want to let you know, we love you. We love you. you. So he finally settles on a young Val Kilmer. <laughs> I, I, I saw this in the notes. I, I don't get it. I, I'm, I'm going to say, I've seen young Val Kilmer. He's hot. There's there's a scene at the end where I mean I'm not saying completely like a young Val Kilmer like a young Val Kilmer if he never became an actor or sure something sure. like that a teen Val Kilmer 
I guess. I mean, this guy was definitely a, a, an adult. What? I couldn't even tell. He acted yeah. like a child. Well, you know, he he's being put through a, a series of kind of childish activities. So yeah, I mean, he was he was the lucky crowd member who was deemed most likely to be able to be programmed to assassinate beloved yeah. British actor Stephen Fry. <laughs> Basically, he was picked as. This guy is the biggest Darren Brown fan in the audience. You win. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> so the the first thing they put this kid through is marksman mode training, right. which is one of the things when Sirhan Sirhan says everything looked like a gun range, that's what they're trying to implant in this kid in this right. part. And again, this is using a pretty... Uh, I guess just an accelerated version of a thing that athletes do a lot, which is visualization. Sure, sure, sure. I, I understand that. Visualization, though, takes a very long time. Right. Master. Well, that's Darren Brown's whole thing is that he does an accelerated version of that. And I don't completely doubt that that's possible. I I don't necessarily doubt that that's possible. I do doubt that that is what is happening in this program that feel this feels to me like a classic like i was saying uh, that's his sleight of hand is explaining to you what he's doing and then doing something a little trickier because again this none of this is this live this is all pre-recorded and edited yeah uh and you know he does become a you know they show him becoming a good shooter, but we never, we don't have any proof that that is actually what happened, you know? Like, and I well, hate yeah, to be that. Course. I don't want, well, but I mean, like, and I know that that could be like a, you know, I don't want to be a, a total denialist or whatever, but, uh, uh, you know, at a certain point, I have to be like, there's no way that the guy can go from being shitty at, with a gun and not using it at all to being a great marksman in that span of a time, even with conditioning. Uh, have you ever gone to a shooting range yes i've shot i've fired a gun i've gone hunting i grew up in the country yeah, yeah i mean i feel like that's been my experience like the one time i went to a shooting range i was kind of shitty when i got there and within like an hour like i had amazing muscle memory like sure. i like it like I, it's a thing you can develop and i i just i don't but, know maybe having it implanted in your head that you're the best key, around and nothing's ever gonna keep you down the key though is that you spent an hour literally practicing shooting and that makes you better at shooting whereas if you in this it's shown or at least this is how it's told you know he fires a lever, lever action rifle first to demonstrate his marksmanship which first of all is going to produce way different results than a pistol right uh and uh, then he's given his conditioning, and then we are shown him firing a pistol and supposedly being much more accurate. That is a very different kind of situation than going and practicing for an hour and getting better at using the same kind of gun. Right. Like, it's easier to aim a pistol than it is a, hand, uh, a, a lever action rifle that has a lot more kick. Uh, but they had him shoot that pistol before he went and got the programming too. Uh, it, yeah, they. But and then he got better at that. Like that's the thing he got better at. Right, I understand. Uh, but I just, yeah, this this is just where it starts to really strain my credibility. 
uh, as far as him being uh, mind controlled. And again, I'm the, not, I, this is something where again I have to be clear. I'm not saying that I any of what I'm saying here makes me not believe that Sirhan Sirhan was programmed or anything like that. I'm just saying that I don't think this program does a particularly good job of making that argument. Yeah, maybe. I I, I feel like they there's obviously a lot of steps left out, and he alludes to that right. from oh, time absolutely. to time. There, like there at the lot- end of this segment, he says this really slick thing where he goes, it doesn't matter how many bullseyes he hit. Right. It's just that he's hitting more now. And it's like, ah, that could just be the product of, like, if you play a video game, you're shitty at it. And then, like, an hour later, you're a little better. Exactly. And and this is all I'm saying is I I agree there were a lot of steps left out. That is part of the magic trick that he is playing on us, the viewer. Like, that's, that's all I'm saying is he's telling us that one thing is happening and another thing is actually happening, which is classic a magic trick. Right. What did you think of the next part, which was the amnesia bit? Was that was the amnesia thing? Was that before or after the the restaurant where he fires well, the, the water pistol? The all of that is part of the amnesia bit, right? Where because, the because Sirhan Sirhan, a, a lot of what he says is he just doesn't remember yeah. doing this or even shooting at all, and he's been denied parole 14 times at least at the time of this right. he'd been denied parole 14 times basically for that reason because he cannot consistently give details of what he did that night right. and he's not super remorseful for it there's that one interview you brought up in the last episode I did, yes which i feel like him being up for parole might explain that interview yeah like because that's the one deviation right from his story and it's either that he's been lying this whole time or in 1989 he was like well they said if i'm remorseful and i admit they'll let me out right and, and he did that and they might have been like no no still not enough no no totally yeah no that's the thing and and again uh that is a, a huge question that is going to be difficult if maybe impossible to ever answer for certain yeah. Uh, but the problem, again, that I have with this episode that we're basically talking about the whole time is that that's his framing for this, is that this whole experiment, uh, as he calls it, is a demonstration of how a, a person can be programmed in that way. And I I just don't think that it makes an argument for that uh, it, compelling at all. Uh, it just doesn't work for me. What did you think of the amnesia experiments? Basically, what he does is he throughout the whole episode, he just touches this kid on the shoulder and the kid's head goes down and it's like, all right, you're being hypnotized again, I guess. Yeah. And he introduces the cell phone ringtone that's supposed to be a trigger. Right. For this kid to uh, commit an act like whatever act they implant in his head. Right. And then. He also says, when you see this polka dot pattern, that's going to be a trigger, but also you're not going to remember it after. Yeah. And he, he, the first thing he does is he's like, I'm going to guess your ATM pin number. Right. And this is after he's implanted this pattern thing in the kid's head. And he goes, all right, I'm going to guess your pin number. Mm-hmm. 
and they're standing next to a screen that has this like swirl pattern on it and the kid's like all right go ahead and then the pattern on the screen changes to that polka dot pattern right and darren brown goes tell me your pin number and the kid tells him and then the pattern changes back and darren brown goes one zero five four right and what we are to believe happened in that moment is that this kid was programmed to tell darren brown his pin number and to not remember that he did that and he does it a few times he does it with his shoe once right he the the shoe thing yeah he does it in a restaurant where he he has him like shoot a guy with a water pistol with like that's like filled with like red goo yeah (laughs) um yeah i mean yeah like that one it's hard to know like this is where it gets to be really hard to know if and you know you at a certain point you have to take like the kid's word that he doesn't remember any of this and i'm sorry it's hard for it's hard for me to do that because he went to a darren brown show and he's been spending (laughs) a lot of time with darren brown he's obviously a fan he was whittled down out of an audience of like 100 people or whatever like it's just i don't know man that's that's just not compelling evidence that he actually is forgetting what he's doing. That's so easy to stage that it's way easier to stage than it is to actually do. What did you think of the big moment? The, right. The final scene where the, they the ending he's, he's told that he's <laughs> okay, going to meet I, with Stephen Fry for some reason. Well, did he it seemed like he was going to meet Darren Brown afterwards, but he's going to see Stephen for, I don't know. I, I do want to say, okay, so they give, they bring out this case that has a gun in it and they show the kid, the loaded gun. And they're like, this, this gun has three bullets in it. You need to give this to Darren Brown after the show. Like, <laughs> even if he hadn't been told what he's supposed to do, he's gone through all this shit where Darren Brown's been talking about trying to program someone to shoot somebody, even if he's not told specific instructions. Like, I'm sorry. He's going to know what th- what he needs to do in this moment. But it's not hard. Did you not feel... Because here's the thing. Even if this kid... I mean, he's obviously a Darren Brown fan. Yeah. Did you not feel like there was a bit where after he he hears the cell phone ringtone, he sees the polka dot dress. Right. The woman literally turns around and says, Stephen Fry is you're, the target. Yeah, you're, you're targeting Stephen Fry. There's a very long delay. Right. Where that kid seems like he's really thinking about. I mean, but you can project any thoughts that you want onto that pause. That's the whole I, point. I know, but even if it's. Even if up to that point he was like, "All right, this has all been fake, and I know it's been fake, but is right. this fake?" Like, yes, is this... he would but... know that it is. Darren Brown was very famous when this had been shot, <laughs> and he was famous for doing these. He had just done a thing called the heist, where he like tricked a guy into committing bank robbery and shooting someone. Like, this is just in his wheelhouse of things to do. Of course, he would know that it, that's what. It, like, if anything, like. If you want to say that he hadn't been given specific instructions, then you can project onto that pause that he's remembering the forehead thing and then he's remembering the gun. Like it like there's just nothing you can project anything you want onto like the few seconds of pause that they show. Yeah. I but... just it's just not enough for me. And whereas I like, you know, I can believe 
CIA or whatever, you know, programming techniques and those sorts of things exist because the CIA would be a lot more ruthless in their programming than Darren Brown is able to be on television. They would use drugs. They would use in, insane uh, strobe effects and those sorts of things to literally program a person. But, but Darren Brown's got that TV money. He does, but no, but no TV stations can fund like, and also they would have shown that like if they're really trying. And again, the only reason I'm really being so nitpicky on, uh, on are you this, asking him to violate the 1952 <laughs> Hypnotism Act, <laughs> Olivia? You know, you know what? That's right. And I would never do that. But I just want to say the only reason I'm nitpicking about this at all. Because otherwise, it's a very fun trick or prank or whatever you want to call it. I think, it, you know, it's decent uh, television. But he just keeps referring, he just keeps comparing it to Sirhan Sirhan's, uh, you know, programming. Yeah. And I just don't think that that connection is valid at all. Because he he is not drawing a random person who doesn't know who he is and has never had a connection to it. He's drawing from people who not only know who he is, but went to his show and wanted to be a part of something like that. But that doesn't mean Sirhan Sirhan wasn't profiled in some way. Oh, no, absolutely not. No, I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. But, the, but that but is in a... that case, what's the difference? Darren Brown's just profiling because even that, like if you were in the audience at a Darren Brown show, you're probably not the person who's going to end up. And I well, mean, no. you specifically. No, I, me know, too. I know what you mean. I know what I you mean. I don't think but... I would be the person who gets pulled out of this audience to shoot Stephen Fry. No, but also like that it's that selection tech again it the selection technique isn't for mind control the selection technique is for people who will just kind of go along with it's kind of like the push it's like oh we'll just kind of go along with what they're doing i just i it's the it's the sirhan sirhan connection alone that i really have a, like a a logical problem with i just don't think it works as a as an analogy and you know like he does get up and he shoots Stephen Fry, and it's very weird that no one uh, in the audience reacts. <laughs> yeah, but people then, are just like, oh, shit. And then you find out that the people weren't there just to see Stephen Fry as the program had said that they were. Uh, again, this weren't is... They? I all, thought he... Yes, he says in the program that the people... speak. There were two audiences that he refers to at different points in the voiceover, but... The audience at the Stephen Fry thing was told that they had no idea that anything was going to happen, but they all knew that they were there and that Darren Brown was involved with stuff because they had to sign, you know, giveaways. And so when it happened, people just kind of knew what was, you know, that something weird was going on. But that's probably for the best. Oh, I mean, sure. And again, I'm not saying this is, but because of, this is because just, that was, that was my question too, is holy shit, someone's shooting in a packed theater. Right. You're not all up and running right now. Well, like I would have. It's also not in America, so they don't know exactly what to do in that kind of yeah, situation. Yeah, they don't know what guns sound uh, like. But no, like my my big point though is not that that is any of this is uh, wrong or fishy or or bad for the for the experiment. But it's uh, it's the trick is on us, the viewers. Like that's where the trick lies. That's just an, a further example of he's using like because earlier again. He uses a, a a polygraph test at an earlier point. Chris does. 
Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, he he passes the polygraph test even when he is lying about things that we know that he did. But a polygraph test is not uh, an accurate reading of truth and lie. And what it does measure really is anxiety and nervousness and heart rate and that sort of thing. And if you are there knowing that you are just a person in a in a TV show, none of it's real, then you will probably have a positive result when you're lying on that because it's mm. not a big deal. You're not under investigation for a murder or anything. It's just like a normal thing. Yeah, maybe. Like I, I mean, I've never I've never t- like I get that polygraphs aren't admissible in court not only are they not admissible in court but they are fully fallible they are just not an accurate machine of course but people do pass and fail them right based on what a reader who has bias is telling them and and you know based on there's just no real there just has to be so much widespread corruption for this to be fake like the polygraph no not the polygraph like what darren brown is doing in the like i don't that would be a whole conspiracy that all of these people working on this project all like no one was like yeah this is bullshit because it happened with the russian roulette thing when they were like no 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 no, those are blanks it was but no i don't think that requires a conspiracy it's just how show business works there's gonna be lots of people who are in on stuff and i'm not saying that necessarily that they are telling this kid what to do again it doesn't require this doesn't require the kid to be told a specific thing it just requires him to have gone through the steps that he has been going through and understand that he, this is a conti- he was given a gu- case with a loaded gun in it and sent to sit in an audience. I'm sorry. Uh, that is just not a thing that is ha- that happens. Have you, you that- ever seen Stephen Fry talk? Well, I, that is fair, and I have not. And I imagine I would at least want uh, something there. I'm not going to say anything else because that would be mean and illegal. But Everyone gets a gun. When Stephen <laughs> Fry talks, but yeah, I'm just saying, like he's he's receiving a gun and told that he is going to be giving it to Darren Brown. So even if he doesn't have specific instructions at this point, he knows what he's got to do, and he knows that he's going to be filmed, and that this is go- nothing bad is going to happen. That's just how it is. There's only one way we're gonna resolve this. <laughs> we're gonna have to program someone to commit a murder or at least a crime like it doesn't it can no, be it can be like like a, a ransomware attack yeah. or something no if we if we can do this if we can replicate this uh with no camera trickery or anything and just me like being there and watching this whole process happen then i will fully admit that i'm wrong and that darren brown is not a clever illusionist and mentalist but is in fact someone who can brainwash somebody into killing Stephen Fry. So if you're Uh, willing to objectively participate in this experiment with Olivia and I reach out on Twitter, we're looking for a non-partial audience. Just, we're going to pick someone at random. Right. And, uh, well, but see, but here's the thing we can't, this, it can't be from someone who listens to this show. That's it the ha- joke I was making. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still taking this seriously. 
it, it would have to be like someone from Craigslist or something. It's got to uh, be, yeah. I did want to read this quote that I found. Uh, a friend of mine and his girlfriend were in the audience of the Stephen Fry talk, and apparently they had been uh, they had applied to be involved in the Darren Brown show, but then received tickets for a Stephen Fry talk, so had a suspicion that Darren would be involved in some way. And then during the talk, obviously, as was seen, Stephen was shot, and it did all happen for real. They heard the shots and saw Chris with the gun above them, and then Darren Brown came on stage quite quickly and explained the situation as was seen. Apparently, all the audience had to sign forms, not to leak anything out about the show, so it would be a surprise when it aired. Hmm. So, you know, I'm not doubting that this event happened where a man fired blanks from a balcony uh, at Stephen Fry, who had squibs in his jacket. But, like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I just don't think that Darren Brown is a talented enough man to program someone to murder. I just don't. I think he's a very talented entertainer and seems to be a really good showman and uh, illusionist and mentalist, but a CIA programmer, he is not. We got to get a CIA programmer on this episode, on this podcast, not this episode. That's unrealistic. Maybe we could get that guy um, from that Jesse Ventura episode. The the men who uh, stare at goats guy? Yeah, or the pony yeah guy? that guy. The men who stare at goats guy. I want the uh, white who, van the guy. General. He's got all that recording equipment. <laughs> but the general was like actually there. And he seems like a fun interview, yeah. I think. The ponytail guy would be fun, too. Yeah, that's true. I would no. just ask him to do karate maybe, on Zoom. Maybe, maybe we could just start another podcast where we just interview people who were interviewed on Conspiracy <laughs> Theory with Jesse Ventura. That could be fun. That would be a whole lot of fun. <laughs> uh, well, until we get that podcast fired up, <laughs> I think this is an episode. You can watch this Darren Brown yeah. special on YouTube. Yeah. Watch it and decide for yourself. I exactly. Still, I still buy Sirhan Sirhan's story over the government story. I mean, day. I buy almost anybody's story over the government's story about anything. You know, I don't know what happened with Robert Kennedy. I don't know. And no one will ever know, probably. It no, just no, is, of course not. That'll, that'll just be lost to the sands of time. But, like, do I believe that it's possible for a government agency or something like that to program something to someone to do something that they might otherwise not be inclined to do? Absolutely. Do I think Darren Brown did it in this episode of TV? <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but like, I think it was, you know, pretty fun. Uh, I probably, I might watch the push. Uh, it didn't really strike me as something that I would find super uh, interesting, but you know, I, the, like push, I said, the push is distressing Yeah, because it's one of those where he, he asks people to be a part of the show. Right. But then he tells them like they didn't get it. And he just doesn't follow up. And that's the thing that he does a lot. He like interviews people and then like six months later, he like actually puts them in something. Yeah. And then he just starts intervening in your life in very covert (laughs) ways, much like the CIA, I assume, or the FBI. Honestly, I would never go to a Darren Brown audition call because I would never be able to trust anything that ever happens ever again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but, but that's, yeah. that's what he does with the push. And eventually these people get catering jobs. Right. Yeah. And at this catering job, all this insane shit happens. Right. That culminates in them being coerced into pushing someone off. The yeah. Roof. And like, and you know, and it's like I said, it's distressing to watch. Right. And I, like I said, I hate 
prank shows, I just don't find them fun at all, basically. I just don't find them entertaining. I think it's it a sucks. psychological experiment, in it? Uh, but so, yeah, so, like, I just probably won't watch, watch The Push because it sounds like an even worse prank show. But it's like, very mean. <laughs> but, very... like... And, because you know, in that it, one, like, again, those people are coming away from that, like, fuck. Right. Well, and then I'm there's the people, kind of person who would commit murder. And then there's people, like, when I was, again, when I was doing research for this episode, I came across people on comments and forums all over the internet who were basically, like, calling for those people who actually did push the guy off to, like, be arrested. Yeah. And shit. And... I think maybe if that is the result of your prank show, <laughs> then maybe you shouldn't have done that. That's kind of yeah, fucked you, up. You might have crossed a line. Like, that's, you know, I'm not saying that, like, you can't ever do anything that pushes boundaries. But, like, Jesus, man. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't have, like, literal, like, mobs after people because they, you know, were put into a situation that was unreasonable. Uh, They volunteered. I I would probably kill someone in that situation. You know, fuck. Eh, you got to watch it. Like, no, no, that's no, that's thanks. definitely one where I'm sure he had to screen pretty hard. Oh, I'm sure. To and, and again, out. I know he puts a lot of work into this. It takes a lot of effort. Like, which it, here's it, the thing. I brought up the assassins earlier. Yeah. The, the North Korea documentary. It is not unlike a Darren Brown experiment because right. they take two completely innocent women and turn them into assassins in the span of yeah. about a month and the, the whole time the girls have no idea it's happening yeah and that's why you never take part in a prank show ever <laughs> exactly because you never know it could and, and i'm only kind of being half serious about this because like again that's not proving that anyone can be programmed to murder someone against their will. That's just proving that if you put someone in the right situation, then they can be, you know, framed for something that they weren't otherwise willing to do. Like, yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying that Sir Hunt, that's not what happened with Sir Hunt, Sir Hunt, but like, Sir Hunt, Sir Hunt was on a prank show. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe <laughs> he was. Yeah. Maybe he thought he was going to be on like to tell the truth or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like old laughing. Things. Yeah. Some, I'm trying to think of like waka, the ones waka, that like were nonfiction. It's not from but laughing, yeah. obviously. No, but no it's, it's fine. not, but it's okay. Uh, yeah. So anyway, this show is, it's interesting. I might watch a, a couple more of his things. I really don't want to watch the push. It just doesn't sound like something I, I would I would enjoy. like to find the other episodes of uh, this show. There's only yeah, four. Yeah, right. There's the, only four. That's British TV for you. You know, they do like four yeah, episodes. I think this is the one where he coerces someone into confessing to the death of a celebrity, which yeah. is the one you said you, you saw right, part yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, there's one about the science of luck, which I, right. that sounds the least... If no sure. one's getting abused, come yeah, on. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, you know, and like I want to say, if you if you find any of this stuff interesting, uh, watch watch the magic. Magic's cool. People give magic a really bad rap, but like, uh, and you know, and I know that uh, Pendulette is kind of a weird fucking guy now, but like, uh, 
watch any of their Penn and Teller's magic shows where they kind of go into a lot of the stuff that we're talking about while also doing magic tricks or Fool Us, which was their British TV show, uh, where they like have people on to do these sorts of tricks, not like exactly, but mentalists yeah. go on there and then they either guess or don't guess how the trick was done. It's a good show. So, but yeah, like that sounds uh, interesting. It's have you not seen Fool Us? I highly recommend I it. I have not. It's it's really good. Uh, but yeah, it's because it's all like amateurs and stuff who are trying to get big. So it's really cool. Nice. Uh, but yeah, like. I don't know. I, I'm kind of mixed on Darren Brown as a guy. I, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not super into him. Yeah, it it comes and goes. Yeah, and uh, he is definitely in recent years wading into uh, just kind of terrorizing people to see what <laughs> yeah, he can get them exactly. to do. And again, and yeah, and it's like the David Blaine thing. He's just kind of his fame as a magician kind of went to his head and now his things are just getting bigger and bigger and more elaborate. And I just find that way less compelling than his older stuff that I watched where he's just kind of doing card tricks for a guy. And yeah. that's, that's a talent that I can really admire. I can't like, it's hard for me to admire the talent to put on a giant stage production to convince someone to <laughs> commit murder. It's and less admirable. You know, here's here's kind of my other problem with it. It's the same problem I had like after 9-11 when there would be all these news reports about like, see these nuclear reactors here? Yeah. Any terrorist could blow them up like at any second. And it's like, well, don't say that. Like yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't say that publicly. Right. And with stuff like this, if the government's not doing it, like if they weren't <laughs> before Darren Brown, right. they are now. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe. But again, I just don't think that these are very good methods for doing that. The government would have way better methods. Yeah, of course. But that's not comforting. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to be comforting. I'm just saying, like, you know, the government doesn't need to watch a TV show and be like, oh, look at this uh, guy doing stage hypnosis. I bet we could do something like that. They've been doing MK Ultra for years. Like, you know, so they already, they're way ahead of Darren Brown. What if this was the whole culmination of MK Ultra? They God. were just like, we, we have gotta... got to get into the prank show biz. <laughs> we... <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, we have got to get rid of Stephen Fry. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been very funny, too. It's just an elaborate plot yeah. by MI6 to kill like, Stephen Fry. Right. Decades long. <laughs> what did he do? Jeez. This guy's going to become a huge transphobe in the future. <laughs> yeah, there was that. So I think that's an episode. It definitely is. We did it. This episode was longer than I thought it was going to be. It's very it fun, though. There's a lot of stuff to go over with this. Like, you know, so, yeah, I liked it. Darren Brown's a complex figure. Weird guy. Chill out, Darren. Yeah, I, I that's what I would say. I don't normally end a podcast by saying, well, we've presented the evidence. Go decide for yourself. But <laughs> in this case, just fucking go watch yeah. some Darren Brown stuff and take your temp after. Yeah, See how this you feel. Yeah, this episode's on YouTube. You can watch it. It's going to sit with you one way or another. Yeah. Uh, do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Uh, same as always. Find me on Twitter and Twitch at Hi There, Hi Dar. Uh, that's about it right now. Uh, Patreon.com slash Unpops, UnpopsNetwork.Supercast.Tech. You can uh, subscribe to Conspiracy the Show for $4 a month. Hell or yeah. subscribe to everything on the network for $10 a month. Or just keep listening for free. We, we love you either way. All right, let's get out of here. Olivia, say goodbye. 
Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.